How many of you uh, married people still happy that you're married? Come on, I better see a show of hands of every married person in this. Uh, well, it's obvious um, you understand what I'm going to be talking about uh, tonight. Uh, I'm going to be talking about the marriage relationship. Uh, so vital, so important. Uh, when we understand from uh, God's perspective uh, about marriage, it gives us a greater appreciation for marriage. And of course, I'm going to pray in a few minutes, but I want to say this. I understand that, uh, you know, everyone in this room uh, is not necessarily uh, married, uh, nor are those uh, viewing uh, via live stream. You're not married necessarily, but I believe that uh, the things that I'm going to be talking to you about uh, can be helpful uh, in any believer's life, whether married or not, uh, because uh, this is a God thing. How many understand that when you apply the word of God in your life, it can be helpful whether you're married or not? Can we say amen to that? Amen. So I, I think that uh, those of you who may be single and you're not married, well, you know, at some point you may consider being married and you need to be equipped. Uh, you need the tools. I, I, I believe that uh, the best is, uh, you know, to be prepared before you go into a marriage. Uh, that way, you know, to, uh, you can avoid a lot of the pitfalls that uh, the poo is going to bring, right? Uh, at least uh, you can, uh, you know, navigate your way around those things if you are equipped. And so uh, the word of God is where we get our equipment. Can y'all say that? Say the word of God. Is where I get my equipment. So if you would stand to your feet and let's just make this decoration. Say this. Say, Father, I thank you that you grant unto me a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Christ. Flood the eyes of my understanding with light so that I know the hope of your calling and the riches of the glory of your inheritance in the saints. Cause me to know what is the exceeding greatness of your power that is resident on the inside of me as a believer. Help me, Lord, to walk in the reality of the truth, knowing that that power is the same power that you worked in Christ when you raised him from the dead and seated him at your own right hand in heavenly places. Now I thank you, Lord, that you have seated me together with Christ so far above all rule, all authority, all power, all dominion, all might, and every name that can be named, not only in this age, but also in the age to come. Thank you, Lord, that all things are under my feet with Christ Jesus, who is the head of the church. Now, Father, I thank you that the church is the body of Christ. Lord Jesus, you are the fullness of everything and in every way. Father, I thank you for this opportunity. I count it a privilege and an honor, Lord God, to uh, stand here and speak to your people. I thank you, Lord God, that you give me the ability by your spirit to communicate truth, that you give me boldness, Lord God, but 
It is in a way that it is easily entreated. Thank you for every good thing and every perfect thing that comes by way of your hand. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. I have a real quick joke for you. And you guys can participate in this, all right? Can y'all tell me why Adam and Eve thought that they were the most blessed couple in the world? Can anybody tell me that? Okay, I'll tell you. Adam and Eve felt like they were the most blessed couple in the world because neither of them had mother-in-laws. <laughs> hold it, hold it. <laughs> you, say, you say, man, that's, that's quite a way to start a, a, a message on marriage, talking about your mother-in-law. Well, no, I'm not talking about the mother-in-law. They did not have a mother-in-laws. Can everybody agree to that? Adam and Eve, right? And I have a, a wonderful mother-in-law. She's great. She's a, a woman of God, and uh, she uh, loved the Lord. And uh, I'm sure that she's going to do something good for me for saying this, right? <laughs> so, and, but the most important thing is this, is that my mother-in-law produced my wife. And without my mother-in-law, I would not have my lovely wife. So I thank my mother-in-law. Every, everybody with a, with a good wife should thank their mother-in-law. Can y'all say amen to that, whether you believe it or not? <laughs> so, so, you know, one of the very first things during my premarital uh, guidance uh, that I uh, ask a couple, or at least have them to explain is what does marriage means to you? Can you tell me in your own words what marriage means to you? And of course, in their response, I get a lot of different uh, answers uh, to uh, that, that uh, uh, question. Uh, many times I get the uh, uh, generic secular uh, response, you know, uh, like, well, I, marriage means to me to have someone uh, to be with someone who's going to make me happy. Uh, well, you know, I understand what they're saying to some degree, but you got to understand that if you go into a marriage relationship thinking that you are connecting yourself with someone who's going to make you happy, uh, it's going to be quite frustrating uh, during the journey. Because uh, there is a, a happiness really is determined uh, by you first, <laughs> right? So you, you should always be the thermostat. In other words, you don't let someone set your temperature of happiness. Because if you do, you may find yourself on the cold side a lot. Yeah, if you're looking for someone else to make you happy, now, as believers, we are complete in him, in Christ. And we got to always look to that first, whether we are married or not. It's Jesus who completes us. And he is the head of all principalities and powers. 
I said, he is the head of all principalities and power. So it doesn't matter what you're confronted with in life, in your marriage life, you got to always look to him. Uh, one of the other things that I, I communicate to those that I, I uh, during my premarital guidance sessions is that you always want to make Jesus the center of your marriage. You always want to make Jesus the center of your household. Now, there is a structure, according to the word of God, uh, in terms of the makeup uh, of the household. I mean, I understand that God is a God of order. If there's conflict, if there's confusion, it does not come from God. God is a God of peace and order. And so he does have an order of priority, God does. He has an order of priority. But you, 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 the, the, the thing that we want to understand in the marriage relationship is that I'm not looking for anybody to make me happy. This was, this was one of the things that I um, said uh, during the time that I was courting Carol, right? And, 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 and you know, I... I mean, I, I meant that then, and I mean it today. And what I said was, you know, it's not a question of whether Carol loves me or not, it's that I love her. Did you hear what I said? Yes. So when you, when you say that you love that person, right, then you are not allowing their behavior or lack of behavior to set your standard of behavior. Because you love them regardless of how they behave. Although you are not responsible for how they behave, you love them regardless. Now, obviously, we're not talking about extreme behavior where there's abuse and those type things. Y'all understand that, right? So you understand what I, what I mean when I say this. But, but marriage, the marriage relationship is a God thing. It's a God thing. And when we as couples uh, and understand everything that I'm going to be talking about uh, tonight and in the weeks uh, uh, moving forward, everything that I'm going to be talking about is based on a Christian marriage. And understand that only Christians can carry out these things because only Christians are going to refer to the things of God, refer to the word of God, refer to uh, Jesus where, where any, any, any part of their life is concerned. So, uh, and so we want to understand this as well. That as believers, if we're not referring to the things of God, if we're not referring to the word of God, if we're not referring to Jesus, then we can understand why, uh, you know, there are challenges, there are issues, there are matters that come up in that marriage relationship that we are not able to navigate and work our way through because we are not referring to that. We're referring to everything else. Now, I'm going to say this. If you want to know about a particular design you have to always go to the designer. Y'all want me to say that again? 
It's like me buying a, a, a Cadillac. And I'm going, through, I'm going to a Volkswagen manual to find out how to take care of that thing. It ain't going to work. It's not going to work. Volkswagen did not design Cadillac. I own a Cadillac, and I say that Volkswagen will never be able to design a Cadillac. Oh, obviously, y'all don't own a Cadillac. <laughs> Why? Because in, in my word, in my, as far as I'm concerned, Cadillac is the best made vehicle on the road. I know, I know. Don't, don't throw your stones because you own a Volkswagen, all right? <laughs> but point is, is this. If you are going to, uh, if you're going to know how to uh, enrich your marriage, if you want to know how to uh, move your marriage forward, if you want to know how to navigate the issues and the, the matters that come up in your marriage, if you want to know how this marriage thing, this thing called marriage, if you want to know how it works, you got to go to the one who designed it. Listen, marriage, the marriage relationship is uh, institutionalized by God. It's ordained by God. It's ordained by God's goals and God's plan. And no one knows marriage like God. <laughs> I said, no one knows marriage like God. So the title of um, uh, this message is Marriage from God's Perspective. Marriage from God's Perspective. Imagine that. God knows something about marriage. He absolutely does because he designed it. Now, marriage has a much higher uh, purpose than most of us understand or most of us uh, uh, put on uh, uh, marriage. It has a much higher purpose because, you know, we go into a, a marriage relationship and I say we, there are some who uh, may have a perception that, you know, uh, yes, I'm to uh, this person that I'm uh, joining myself with, this person that I'm connecting myself with. I'm looking for them, uh, you know, to fulfill me. I'm looking for them to make me happy. I'm looking for them to, uh, you know, get me to the other side. But, uh, you know, we certainly don't want to uh, hold to the, uh, the, the uh, persuasion that that is all marriage is about. Because when you, uh, when you uh, consider uh, marriage and uh, how God has designed it, really God formed marriage so that it would be uh, 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 an image of the kingdom of God. Y'all hear what I'm saying? It would be an image of the kingdom of God where God's will is done in this earth as it is in heaven. And people are supposed to look to that marriage and they're supposed to see how God operates in heaven in this earth. Now, I don't want to disappoint anybody and I don't want you to, uh, you know, uh, feel like, you know, this is uh, too high of a standard because it's not too high of a standard because this is the way God has uh, designed this whole thing. And I don't want to put pressure on you and you feel like, well, I, I got to go out and, uh, you know, uh, make all of these adjustments right away. No, you're doing pretty well. I say, you're doing pretty well. Are you still married? You're doing pretty well. 
Yeah, there are problems there. There are issues there. there there's trouble. But you're doing pretty well. But we're talking about God, marriage from God's perspective. And if we're going to talk about marriage from God's perspective, then we have to understand, you know, what God's intent is where marriage is concerned. It's like, it's like um, uh, you, you're being a believer, you are heaven, heavenly bound, right? Because you're born again. You're heaven bound, right? Right. And so because you're heaven bound, then that's going to be your eternal home. Correct. All right. So uh, if heaven is going to be your eternal home, then I, it would be wise for us to learn more about how heaven operates. Don't wouldn't you agree? Would you all agree? Yes. Well, if, uh, you know, the marriage relationship is about how the kingdom of God actually uh, is supposed to be an image in this earth of how things are done in heaven, then it's, it, I think it's wise for us to understand how this marriage thing works. Would y'all not agree? Is there someone who disagree? That's okay, well, let's go to the Bible. Right? So, if you would, uh, turn to 2 Peter chapter 1. 2 Peter chapter 1. Now, now really, the key uh, to a good Christian marriage is that we as believers, we as Christian couples, that we are to cultivate our marriage relationship with Jesus. Did y'all hear that? We as couples, Christian couples, we are to cultivate our marriage relationship with Jesus. And how do you cultivate your marriage with Jesus? Well, it's really pretty simple. There are three components. Y'all may want to write this down. There are three components. The first component is determined to grow and mature in the knowledge of him. You're to grow and you're to, to determine to grow and mature in the knowledge of him. That is the Lord Jesus Christ. The second component is establishing divine order in the home. Establishing divine order in the home. I said a few minutes ago that God is a God of order. Right? And when you have order, it eliminates confusion. Thank God I don't have to say everything that I think. God is a God of order. So, so the second component, it consists of establishing divine order in the home. This has to do with the relationship in order uh, and authority between various members of the family. And then the third component is practicing the presence of Jesus. Practicing the presence of Jesus. Now, this is the process of sensitizing ourselves to the invisible presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. And this, as we go through these, we're going to see that uh, if this is established, if this is the foundation, if this is what we're working on in our marriage relationship, 
It's going to uh, do such an incredible thing in terms of your marriage being uh, enriched and your marriage being a success. So the first one is what? Did y'all write it down? Determining to grow and mature in the knowledge of him in Jesus, right? Second Peter chapter one. Second Peter chapter one and verse two. New King James says this, grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. As his divine power has given to us all things that pertains to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue. I want to read that from the uh, Passion Translation. It reads, may grace and perfect peace cascade over you as you live in the rich knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Verse 3, everything we could ever need for life and godliness has already been deposited in us by his divine power. Now, now, Now that could preach for quite some time. Therefore, I'll read it again, but I won't preach on it. Everything, listen, this is uh, the Passion Translation. Everything we could ever need for life (laughs) and godliness has already been deposited in us by his divine power. Listen, everything that you need to have an enriched and successful marriage has already been deposited in you by his divine power. So when, when people say, well, you know, well, you know, uh, 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 my husband, he is just giving me so much trouble. You know, I don't know if I can continue in this. Look to the center, Jesus. Look to your spirit. It's already deposited in that. The power is there. Everybody say that. The power is there. And so we can navigate through, uh, you know, uh, these obstacles when we are confronted with them because of the divine power that has already been deposited there. Sometimes I think we go looking for it. No, it's already there. The power is already there. Well, I said I wasn't going to preach on it, so let's finish this. For all this was lavished upon us through the name and invited us to come to him through a glorious manifestation of his goodness. So, grow and uh, uh, mature in the knowledge of Christ. Listen, there is no phase of marriage relationship or the family that does not fit in the scope of your relationship of G- with Jesus. In other words, there's no problem, no situation, no circumstance, no challenge that you're confronted with that cannot be handled through the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Now, don't y'all get so quiet on me because this is just the word of God. And, and, and growing in the knowledge of him, maturing in the knowledge of him, where our, our uh, uh, marriage relationship is concerned, is vital. And sometimes I think that we may get a little lazy in this area. Right? 
So, so, so rather than, you know, leaning on the arm of the flesh or rather than leaning on the arm of uh, some reality television show or rather than leaning on the arm of some social media platform or rather than leaning on the arm of those who are giving you bad advice where your marriage is concerned, you go to the knowledge of the designer. It's the designer. And we go all of these other places looking for the answer. Now, I'm going to say this, and this is not an indictment on anyone who has experienced divorce. And again, we're talking about believers. We go all of these other places looking for the answer, and we totally disregard we totally disregard the knowledge of him. Everything that we need where life and godliness is concerned. Come on, y'all. Everything. And I understand, you know, there are situations where, where, we, where we need help. And we may not be, be uh, you know, uh, immediately getting it from the Bible because we are foggy. There's confusion. But it is still in the Bible. It's still there. Your solution, your answer is still in the Bible. So, you know, we have, uh, you know, of course, uh, Christian uh, marriage uh, guidance. You can go to, but personally, I think that if we follow these, that a lot of running to a Christian counselor would be totally eliminated. So we determined, we determined that we are going to grow and mature in the knowledge of who? Of who? of Jesus. We have to make that determination. We, the believer, we, the married couple, we, the husband, we, the, 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 the wife, we have to make that determination that this is what I'm going to do. So we want to go to the designer. Now, I want to go to Gosh. I said that God ordained the marriage, and he did. He institutionalized the marriage relationship, and he did. Y'all remember, y'all remember uh, in the book of uh, Genesis uh, chapter 2, uh, down toward the end of the, uh, the chapter, um, maybe verses 20, 22 through 31 or something like that, when, when God, the Bible says that, that God uh, put Adam to sleep, right? And while Adam was sleeping, the Bible says that God opened up his side and God removed a, a rib. And, and many translations say, say a part of his side, right? Not just a rib, a part of his side. And God removed this and he fashioned uh, Eve 
from uh, this portion that he had taken from, uh, from, from Adam. And y'all remember that the Bible says that God brought Eve to Adam, right? He brought Eve to Adam and he presented Eve to Adam. And we could um, say that God not only participated in the first marriage, but God also was directly uh, involved in performing the first marriage. Because when he presented Eve to uh, Adam, uh, when, you, when you read that, 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 that passage there, it says that he presented her as this woman to this man, right? But then at the end of the, uh, the, the, the chapter, it did not say this woman to this man. It says that now she is his wife. And so God performed the, the very first marriage, and he also participated in the very first marriage. So God institutionalized the marriage, and if God institutionalized the marriage, it seemed to me that he would know something about this stuff. Just seems to me. <laughs> and, so, and so what am I saying? I'm, I'm simply saying that, that um, we want to understand that when we uh, present ourselves as a husband, or as a wife to one another, it's in the sight of God, and God witnesses this, and he refers it back to the very first marriage between Adam and Eve, and God intend for those whom he has joined together to always refer back to him. Because God, God, is, God is the only one who is uh, capable of giving us all that we need in life and godliness and in the marriage relationship. He's the only one who's capable of doing it. And so, uh, let's go to the second component. The second component consists of establishing divine order in the home. Establishing divine order in the home. Now, this has to do with the relationship of order and authority between uh, various family members. So, so turn to uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 11, if you would. 1 Corinthians chapter 11. Y'all there? Let's look at verse 2. It says, Now I praise you, brethren, that you remember me in all things and keep the tradition just as I delivered them to you. But I want you to know that the head of every man is Christ. The head of woman is man. And the head of Christ is God. I want to read that from the uh, Amplified Classic Edition. It says this. I appreciate and commend you because you always remember me in everything and keep firm possessions of the tradition, the substance of my instructions. Just as I have verbally passed them on to you, and I want you to know and realize that Christ is the head of every man. The head of a woman is her husband, and the head of Christ is God. Now, the reason I read that from the Amplified edition uh, 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 is because it says that the head of the woman is her husband. So we don't want 
men running around here, Christian men running around here thinking that they're the head of every woman because that is not the case. You can get in a lot of trouble, a lot of trouble, thinking that you're the head of some other man's wife. So the, 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 the wife There is, there is, a, God has placed so much value and quality and exceptionalism in the wife. And I think that, I think that, that is one of the reasons that the enemy not only attacks uh, marriages and families, but he targets the wife. If you if you if you did a uh, statistical survey on uh, marriages that are that have a uh, end up in divorce, you will see that uh, it was from a, a, a spiritual standpoint, you will see that it was the enemy who uh, attacked the wife first. And God has placed so much value and exceptionalism in the wife that, that he has given the husband headship over her so that there is uh, one that directs, there is one that guides, there is one that leads. And that's the husband, that's the head. And so, and so we, 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 we want to understand that some, some, some might say, well, 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 why does the husband have to be the head? You know, why, why can't we, why can't we uh, uh, be, uh, have co-authority? Or why can't we uh, uh, be co-heads? Well, if you have to answer that question, I'll tell you why. If you have to ask that question, I'll tell you why. Because the only thing worse than no head is two heads. <laughs> that is ignorant and confused. And so, and so there, there has to be this establishment of headship, of leadership, and I have to stop. But I will talk more about this because there is uh, confusion in marriages when this is reversed and gotten out of order. And it is not of God. Father, we thank you for this opportunity. We thank you, Lord God, for the word of God that, go, that comes forth out of your mouth and it never returns void unto you. But it always accomplishes that which pleases you. I thank you that your word, Lord God, is working right now, accomplishing that which you please, prospering in our hearts. Thank you, Lord God, for this great mystery that you have given us in marriage. But in that mystery, you have given us every solution, every answer in Christ. Thank you, Lord for working in marriages, for working in families, for working in homes. Thank you for your faithfulness. It's quite possible that there's 
one here tonight and you have not taken the time, the opportunity to accept Jesus Christ in your heart as your personal Lord and Savior, we certainly would not want you to leave here tonight and not be introduced to the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. Jesus said this, unless a person is born again, they cannot see the kingdom of God. He also said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one gets to God except through me. Now, Jesus is the only man who's qualified to say that and that he's the only man who ever came into this earth and lived a life completely sin-free. But in living that type of life, sin-free, he died the death of a sinner, and he did it for you and me. I want to uh, give you an opportunity to, to receive Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior tonight. If you're in this room, you can simply lift your hand, and I will pray for you. If you happen to be viewing online, you can also acknowledge um, by lifting your hand right there in the space where you are. And I will pray for you as well. Is there anyone? You never accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, and you desire to do that tonight. Lift your hands, and I will pray. I have another invitation, and that is, maybe you have accepted the Lord Jesus Christ at some point of your life, but for whatever reason, you got out of fellowship with the Lord, and tonight you desire to be restored to fellowship with your Heavenly Father. God's arms are open to you. He has gone no place, and he welcomes you back into fellowship with himself. If that's you, you want to come home to, to uh, your Father, lift your hand, and we'll pray for you. Is there anyone you want to be restored to fellowship with your Heavenly Father? Simply lift your hand and we will pray for you. One other invitation, and that is, you are a child of God, you're a believer, but you desire more of God. You would like to be filled with the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in other tongues, just as they did in the book of Acts. Acts chapter 2, the Bible says that they, speaking of Christians, believer, believers, they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. So that infilling of the Holy Spirit, that power is for you as a believer. So if you would like to be filled with the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in other tongues, lift your hand and we will pray for you tonight. Anyone who would like to be filled with the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. Simply lift your hand. Thank you very much. If there's uh, anyone uh, who's viewing online, you may have acknowledged uh, by lifting your hand or responding to uh, any of those three invitations. Uh, we want to uh, get some information into your hand, and we want to um, also just uh, pray for you right now. Uh, everybody say this. Say, Father, I thank you for your son, Jesus. I thank you, Jesus, that you died for my sin. I confess you as Lord of my life. I thank you, Lord, for saving me in Jesus' name. That prayer gets you into the kingdom of God. That prayer gets you into the family of God. And as I said, we want to get some information to you. So if you would just enter in the, uh, the chat box there. And let us know that you responded to any of those invitations and we'll get uh, that uh, information to you. Uh, actually, it's a book by Pastor David uh, called Friendship with God. 
helps you in your walk with the Lord and to um, uh, just uh, continue this journey that you have just began.